welcome to another edition of the Scouting Spotlight podcast on the World Football Index. I'm your host, Austin Miller, joined as always by Tom Robinson. Tom, today we're going to be talking about one of the hottest prospects in Argentina. And this one, Tom, is not playing in the second division. It's Julian Alvarez for River Plate. No Mateo Bahamich is to be found here. Uh, one of the best scorers, I think it's fair to say, in Argentina, and one of the up-and-coming names as far as young, hot, talented Argentine prospects. Yeah, I figured it was time that we returned to to maybe a more obvious choice. I mean, certainly this is a player who's been highly touted for quite a long time, and, and I think even though he's 20 years old, that there were a few doubts creeping in for from some quarters, thinking... Is you know is this a talent who's who's just been dropped in at the deep end and actually we're yet to see if he can do it? But he's sort of responded to those those critics and those minor doubts around him to to really kick on and and especially since uh, the Libertadores got back underway, he's been in absolutely sensational form and I think everyone's sort of breathing a sigh of relief and and, and quite happy that this prospect that everyone's been talking about for about two years is um, is sort of finally stepping up um, to the plate and, and delivering. That's the thing, Tom, that I think is, is really interesting about him is he's probably come up at the one club in Argentina and, and maybe Boca would be in this conversation as well as where there wasn't this, you know, quick direct path into the first team where, you're talented, I, you know, I don't care if you're 17 or if you're 37, you're getting in the squad and you're playing. But he's in a position at River where there wasn't a ton of opportunity for him. And like you said, there, you know, he's been this kind of highly touted, oh, this this guy's going to be something, you know, keep an eye on Alvarez, keep an eye on Alvarez. You know, he's gotten some chances here or there, scored a goal in the Libertadores last year, uh, you know, ha- had been in the Argentine youth teams, uh, played at the under 20 level, played at the Pre-Olimpico. Um, but now finally, you know, particularly coming out of lockdown has been absolutely on fire, has, I think, solidified himself, uh, at, in that goal scoring role for river plate. And like you said, it's now kind of this, okay, yeah, this is why we had an eye on him all this time. Exactly. I think a lot of that probably speaks to football fans impatience for, you know, the, the next big thing to, to come through and immediately be brilliant and immediately cement himself you know like, like we said he's still only 20 so to to lump that kind of expectation on him is always going to be difficult you know it's perfectly normal age stage of his development process to be just breaking into one of the biggest clubs on the continent and I think that's that is something you know to be to be mentioned is he's coming in to not just historically a big name but a team that for the last five years has been consistently right up there with the best of them winning titles um, on the continental stage, at least, and, and sort of local cup competitions, maybe not so much in the league. Uh, and he's, he's had a lot of players in front of him to, that he's got to try and overtake. Borre, Suarez, um, Prato are still there, but I think the departure of uh, Ignacio Scocco back to his uh, beloved news has kind of given Alvarez, the, the time and the opportunity to, to come into the first team, really grab that opportunity with both hands. And and now he's showing us, you know, what he can do. I think also a lot of the time, even for the national team at uh, youth level, he was being sort of played a bit out of position as well. So I think now that he's actually being given a chance up front, 
Um, obviously, he's he's versatile and flexible to play anywhere across the front three. Now that he's in the sort of preferred uh, position and he's given a proper run of games, he, he's yeah he's showing his qualities and um, and now yeah you've got to say that he's probably the most exciting striker in in the Argentinian uh, division. That's somebody who hasn't watched enough of Pepe Sanz, but we'll leave that conversation. <laughs> maybe, for the maybe uh, exciting might not be the word I used to uh, describe Sanz, but I, I've got a lot of time for Sanz. But uh, I think yeah. I think young is probably the adjective you're looking for <laughs> with uh, Evergreen. Evergreen Pepe Sanz. <laughs> yeah, um, and you mentioned it, Tom. He gets run in the squad, and boom, he's got five goals in the Libertadores. Um, Granted, Binacional played a part in some of that, um, which I think deserves to be mentioned here. But he's shown this goal-scoring form, and it almost kind of feels like once he starts scoring the goals for River, it's going to be hard to stop him from scoring. Uh, he's got this this nose for goal that I think is, is so interesting and is so fascinating. Um, he just kind of seems to put himself in the right position. And, and like you said, maybe... Part of the issue before and, and, and with the Argentine squads was, was being played out of position. Um, but as that kind of out and out, go get him goal scorer, he just seems to f- always find himself in, in the right position and where he needs to be to finish. Um, he's got a strong right foot that he can strike the ball with. It's interesting, Tom, because I don't think he's the biggest or the strongest or the quickest, but his positioning and his his know-how is, is what has kind of set him apart, at least from what I've seen of him. Yeah, definitely. I think, as you mentioned, he's got a really clean and good technique when striking the ball. And a lot of those finishes we've seen in Libertadores have been first-time finishes. Um, so, and the, But there's been a decent... Um, sort of a variety of, of the type of shots he can pull off as well. But yeah, yeah as you said, he's... He is quick. He he is he's not small or anything like that. But certainly, I think it's his intelligence and his movement that that sort of really make him dangerous. Really, because you know he he's very good at getting into the channels and the half spaces and 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 picking up the ball. I think another underrated part of um, his skill set as well is he he's also quite a good creator as well. That intelligence and ability to get into good spaces means that he's quite happy to drop deep pick up the ball he's he's a surprisingly good crosser of the, uh, the ball more of a more of a cutback than than sort of a deep cross or anything like that but he's he's very good at yeah conducting play and and, and getting chances for his strike partner i think even though He's been used a lot in sort of a wide forward role. I, I really like him as kind of a second striker, someone who's maybe playing off a target man who can kind of drift around a little bit more in, in the way that um, Suarez has done for for River, very to, to great effect since he since he moved there. Um, and yeah, he's he's got a bit of everything. He's he can be a goal scorer and and a provider. And I think before when he wasn't scoring the goals, we were we were maybe having to accentuate the fact that he was, oh, but look at all this other great work he does. Now he's got the goals to go with the rest of his game. And I think that's why he has been so highly rated by Gajardo and by the the national team set up because he he feels like a very modern kind of forward who who doesn't have too many flaws in their game and can and can do a bit of everything there's almost tom a little bit and and this comparison might be be off there's almost a little bit of of gabriel jesus to him just in in the aspect of 
it's his his movement more so than any sort of physical superiority. Like you said, not to say that he's he's not good physically or that he's not quick or that he's not strong, but it, it's not any sort of brute force or brute speed that he's using to create these opportunities. His movement and that kind of versatility on the striking line. And I think the word that you use to describe him that I think is, is spot on is modern in that when you look at him and, and kind of how he fits into, you know, what we tend to think of as, as a modern game, he's the type of player you want in your squad because you can, you can deploy him at a, at a couple of different spots. You can play him in a different system. You can play him with, you know, different kind of collections of players and, and he can still be effective. And I think, that is is something that kind of sets him apart and maybe gives him that that extra step um, when you're looking at kind of young players and when you're evaluating them and when you're considering him. What's something, Tom, that that as you look towards the future with Alvarez, you think is a is a spot for improvement or or something that that needs to be kind of cleaned out of his game or, or maybe gotten better down the line? Well, I, th- I think what we need to bear in mind at the moment is even though it feels like he's been around for for quite a while two years obviously um he made that i think one of his first ever appearances for river maybe about his fourth appearance for river was coming on in that libertadores final second leg um against boca juniors so that really kind of announced him to everyone like oh wow that was a big game yeah big game pretty big in in the grand scheme of things uh, if you ask any Bockel River um supporter you know you could argue that it doesn't get much bigger than that in Argentinian football um so the fact that he was brought on immediately you know towards the end of the game you know the, the game was fairly wrapped up by that point but but the fact that he was brought on almost as a kind of a show of faith from Gajardo um sort of suggested that all right this kid's something special I want I want him to be part of this and he, he's going to go on to be in many big performances like this. Um, but because that happened seemingly ages ago now, you kind of get maybe lulled into the false sense that he's actually, got, you know, accrued a bit of experience and that kind of thing. But he's still very inexperienced at club level. You know, this current scoring streak is is fantastic. And I, I would imagine it's going to be a sign of things to come. But at the same time, it could just be a hot streak and he might sort of drop off a little bit. It's such a small sample size. So that's my current worry. Um, not worry, actually. That's the, it's not it, slight concern is probably what I would, would say that we need to wait until he's maybe had a full season under his belt just to, just to know what we really got on our hands. Um, but I think, as you mentioned before, because he's not someone who's, relying on brute speed or or force or anything like that it should bode well that he, he's a player that is not going to have to rely on these kind of physical attributes he's got all the kind of technical and tactical um, and mental attributes that that would serve him really well and I think that's why you see him getting called up to the river squad as an 18 year old why you see him get called up um to the Argent- Argentina under 23s as a as a 20 year old um why you've got clubs like Juventus and AC Milan being linked with him. Um, he he feels like he's one of those players who is made for the top level. Um, maybe not the type of guy who'd be able to mix it in the championship or anything like that. But if you surround him with good players and you play him in the right position, then you've got someone who who can, who can really thrive. So yeah, sort of, I'd like just to see maybe a bit more games so that we know that we're not just dealing with a purple patch. But um, I think 
given everything else that we've seen from him, then it's um, it's fairly safe now to say that he should be sort of kicking on and, and improving. I think one of the things that gives me confidence with him, Tom, is I, I alluded to this earlier and, and cracked a joke at, at their poor expense. They were Peruvian champions, man. Um, you know, of these Libertadores goals, Binacional played a part in, in some of them. But he also did it against Sao Paulo in a huge game for River, you know, away against Sao Paulo in a, in a big group stage match where it was, all right, you win this, you're good, you're smooth. Um, and he performed and performed really well in that match away against Sao Paulo. So I think that type of performance kind of gives me more confidence um, than, you know, again, the goals against a, a squad like like Binacional or, 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 you know, insert any random number of Argentine Primera Division teams. Can you name all 30 Argentine Primera Division teams? Are there 30 or are there? No, there's like 20 some now. 24. And I'd, I think I'd probably be able to to go for it, but I don't think that'd be too interesting. I don't either. I just, for our listening. Um, yeah. one, one thing I did want to ask is he's he's got the nickname of La Araña, um, which means the, the spider. Um, apparently it's from one of his older brothers who sort of commented that you know when he was a little kid running with the ball it looked like he had loads of legs that's how fast he was moving i'm not really a, a huge fan of that explanation i mean the spider seems like a like a good nickname but i'm, I'm not sure if it's ne- necessarily fitting of his uh of his style of play um what do you mm. think Austin? i i think i might agree with you here i don't necessarily think spidery but it's also hard to argue against nicknames given to you by your siblings you know, <laughs> yeah, kind true. of better than some guy on a podcast coming up with <laughs> a funny nickname. So w- whatever you are suggesting, <laughs> um, I have it on good authority that a lot for Geich loves my uh, loves my nicknames. Okay, okay, we'll stick with that. Um, <laughs> I've got a couple more things I want to bring up here, Tom. Let's talk first about the national team picture. Uh, fitting international break, you know, we're getting ready for the big Argentina-Paraguay game, which will have long passed by the time this podcast is out. We talked about how he's had experience at the under-20 level for Argentina. He was in the Pre-Olimpico squad for Argentina earlier this year. How do you see him fitting into the big picture of this Argentina squad, where the only consistent seems to be that Messi will be there and that Paulo Dybala will not? for various reasons injured again i think he's injured is he injured this time i don't know i just saw the headline yeah yeah, and i think it's um from what i've heard it's a to do with a a rather sensitive area of his body Mm. um i don't know what the uh exact details are but um yeah it is uh it is something to do with uh (laughs) his uh his crown jewels so shall we say gotcha on that note, um, under Scaloni, Argentina have called up everybody and their brother. Where does Alvarez fit into that picture? Well, I, first of all, I think that Scaloni would definitely be interested in incorporating Alvarez. He he feels like the kind of modern, versatile forward that he would go to. I mean, if we just look at the fact that he's brought in Nicolas Gonzalez um, numerous times, again, a player who's not had a load of experience and, and kind of can kind of fulfill a role either on wide in the front three, maybe even as a winger um, or further, you know, through the middle, you feel like he's the type of modern player that we've, we've mentioned already that, that would fit into what Scaloni's trying to bring to the national team. So I think there's definitely a national team future for him. And the fact that he's been 
you know, with the under twenties, with the under twenty threes, it seems that pathway is is there for him. But obviously, at the moment, he's um, yeah, he's he's a long way off get getting in, even in the squad. I think. Um, obviously, you've got Messi, and then a mixture of Lautaro, Ocampos, and Aguero as as probably your starting strikers. You've got Lucas Alario, who's in who's in brilliant form right now. Joaquin Correa, who's who's another favourite of of Scaloni, who's who's done well when when called upon, and and obviously Dybala. Even if he doesn't do it for the national team, will we'll probably be in and out um, of of the squad there. So th- there's a number of forwards um, who are all kind of much f- further along in their development and uh, at sort of peak moments of their career that you think these are guys are going to be the um, the guys that Scaloni is going to r- rely on for the next couple of years. So there's no rush for Alvarez. Um, I do see him getting in there eventually. But he is unfortunate in the in the fact that it's always um, a position where Argentina are absolutely stacked in terms of quality players. So, yeah, um, not a given that he's definitely going to be a starter at, the, at this stage. But um, I think give it three or four years, and and he should be doing well. You know, it's up to him really just to force the issue and and make himself not droppable at, at club level and and and. Uh, get a big move and and then surely the national team call-ups will come. How important do you think it is, Tom, for him that he's coming up through the club that I think is probably the bastion of consistency in South America right now? Um, that's got to be big for, for his development and what's going to happen over the next coming years. Yeah, I mean, River put so much um, in place to, to make players succeed. The amount of players you see even that don't make it a river, but go on to be really, you know, top level players within Argentina, even if they don't even make the move abroad. It is a great place, a bit like Manchester United used to be in in, the, in England, in terms of giving you a really great foundation, not only just in your technical ability, but um, your your game intelligence. And, and certainly that's something that ever since Gajardo's been in charge of River, he's he's put so much focus on making a very joined up approach throughout the youth ranks so that players are ready to come straight into the first team and they select the best players on on mentality, on intelligence, on work rate, on technique. Um, so yeah, he couldn't be in a better place to develop. Gajardo's proven time and time again um, that he's good at bringing young players through. He's good at developing them and and getting them a good move. We've seen it from Ezequiel Palacios. We've seen Martinez Cuarta. We've seen it from, you know, some of the, the foreign players who've come in like Nico de la Cruz and Santos Borre, who've all improved immeasurably underneath him as well. So that's only going to be a good thing for Alvarez. And, and clearly he's someone who's got the faith of the manager um, ever since he's been dropped into the team in that, big occasions uh, in, in his first year with with the team and the fact that he's been given the time without any pressure to to just sort of improve on his game and and bed in and now when the moment's right he's uh he's in a prime position to thrive so I think that um there'll be other players who are more likely to go through the door before Alvarez um so he'll probably still have a bit of time and and I think that yeah he, he's getting a really good footing in the game and and that's going to help him go on to, to have a, a pretty good career if if all things go well final thing for me Tom you touched upon a couple of the transfer rumors earlier do you have a favorite Julian Alvarez goal 
I do. That's why I'm I asking. I really like the... I can't remember who it was against, but I think it was against Nacional. But the ball kind of came into him and then just sort of dropped in a bit of a, a, a melee in the box. I think in my view being Martinez Cuarto who, who nudged it onto him and he just kind of no nonsense just sweeps at home with his right foot right into the roof of the net that was aesthetically at least the, the nicest goal even if it was probably not against the the best opponents as we've discussed what, what about you have you seen Ted Lasso the Apple TV series <laughs> I've not yet I've, I've heard mixed things about it I will give it my personal recommendation of a thumbs okay. up but that doesn't need to, to carry a lot Julian Alvarez scored a Ted Lasso goal in the under 20 um, South America, Sudamericano a couple years back where they ran this free kick set piece where Alvarez like he curled away from the ball and then just like did a pirouette 180 and came back to it and struck it with his right foot and scored. Um, that's my answer for my favorite Julian Alvarez goal. Um, Probably not the most famous one he'll ever score, but anytime you can get a little razzle-dazzle on a set piece, I'm all for it. Um, anything else you want to touch on before we wrap this up? No, I think it's um, obviously the the Argentinian league is or the the, the cup competition to, to finish off the league is is just getting underway as as we're uh, recording this. So it's going to be really interesting to see how he does, and and it probably this sort of truncated tournament um, and the fact that you know maybe maybe there aren't going to be as many transfers in, in January um, given everything that's going on and uh, the sort of financial position of clubs um, means that hopefully we're going to see at least um, a good sort of year of uh, Alvarez in the first team. So let, let's just uh, look out for that. And um, and obviously they've got quite a nice run in the Libertadores as well. So um, he could be hitting some more of those big games that he loves so much. I think this is, he's a guy that, you know, even as, as soon as the next coming months, you'll kind of see some of that, that um, expectation continue to build um, with him and towards him as, as the, the months keep coming along, particularly with, as you mentioned, um, the Libertadores matches that are coming up and his propensity to, to score and score well in those matches. Well, that'll do it for this edition of the Scouting Spotlight podcast. A big thank you to Tom, as always, for joining me. Be sure to follow the World Football Index on Twitter and social media for all the latest from us. All that's left for me to say is thanks for listening and goodbye. Goodbye.